Welcome to another episode of Bible Talks, where we're talking about relationships and dating. And today we're going to be talking about what are some common relationship issues with Christian couples. And so, Casey, what are the common relationship issues? All right. <laughs> Again, I realize this episode or this this show is called Bible Talk, <laughs> and the Bible does not talk about this. That's true. Um, but it is important, uh, I think. Um, so unfortunately, I don't have a lick of Bible for this one. I've tried to put Bible in all the other episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything. This is just... Yeah, I might be able to shoehorn some stuff in there as long as it's you know <laughs> in the right context. Yeah. Um, being a Christian and being in a relationship, it's it's a very unique place to be. And I and I've I I said it earlier, but I want to tease this out a little bit. Um, because the way that God designed things to be done was you were single and then you were married, or you were single and you were under covenant. Mm-hmm. Um there's a level of freedom and safety in that because you can give your heart away um, and, and it's safe because the other person's not walking away. Right. Um, but in dating, um, what you're doing is you're saying, I, I want all of the benefits that covenant brings. I want that level of intimacy. I want that level of vulnerability. I want that level of security and commitment, but I don't. But I'm, I, what, what, what dating basically does is, is it says, but I, I will not allow you to bring me the covenant aspect of it, which is the safety and security of knowing that you're never going to leave. And so it's just such a weird, hard thing to navigate, mm-hmm. and it produces very unique challenges for the Christian that maybe people don't have um, in a normal dating relationship who maybe aren't Christian, right? So these are not, hey, let's talk about you know just common dating issues. These are actually very specific issues that come from the fact that we are trying to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God, and we're trying to have our souls anchored to eternity. Um, and so these may not apply if you're not a Christian. Right. Um, because we are, we're trying to buy, we're trying to draw that like weird line of, how do I do covenant without covenant? Because that's what dating is. Mm-hmm. And it's so difficult, man, to, to navigate. And um, I, it is unfortunate that the Bible doesn't tell you how, and... and um. So, but yeah, I'll just give you. I've got. I've got. I think six here. Uh, these are these are the things that I see that Christians do in a dating relationship that are probably really destructive, mm-hmm. and I w- I did pretty much all of them. <laughs> so let me just bear out that. Like I I wish that somebody had said, "Hey, these are some pitfalls you need to watch out for." Here's the first one. Um, assuming marriage roles are appropriate for a dating relationship. Assuming <laughs> that marriage roles are appropriate for dating uh, in, in, in a relationship. So right. here's how this works. We all know what headship is to a degree. We all know that the Bible is clear that in a marriage that the husband is the head um, and and the wife is subject to her husband and there is a mutual deference to one another, absolutely. But when it comes to who's responsible for the marriage, who's responsible for the health of the marriage, the Lord's looking at the man, right? And he assumes the role, and we talked about it in the podcast earlier, um, but he assumes the role in the allegorical sense of Jesus, and she assumes the role in the allegorical, allegorical sense as the church. Um, and so here's what happens, though. That's for marriage. Mm-hmm. That's for the safety of covenant, that's for the safety net of I will never leave you, I have your back, 
I am for you like Jesus loves the church, like Jesus is for the church. Right. When you remove the co- covenant aspect, you cannot have headship and submission. They don't work. Right. And so what we what typically happens, and I did the same thing, <laughs> and I've watched people do the same thing, is you got the 20-year-old go- girl, 21-year-old guy, and and they are they they're Christians, they love Jesus, they have an understanding of headship. It's probably a little skew because they're 20, but they at least <laughs> know it exists. Yeah. Um, in submission. And they start to interact with one another like a husband and wife are supposed to interact, even though they don't they're not in covenant. And it creates a really destructive um a really dangerous, I'll put it that way, it, it, a really dangerous environment yeah. where the man feels like he's to lead his girlfriend as if he would lead his wife, and the woman feels like she has to submit and follow the man as if he's her husband mm-hmm. and they're not, mm-hmm. right? And so what? it's just really odd, and it's really awkward. Um, I... I I remember, you know, I remember doing this in particular because I had a really messed up version of what headship was. I thought headship was lordship, right? Mm. And ultimately, Jesus is the Lord, right? I'm not, right? We are submitted to Jesus' lordship. She's submitted to my headship, right? And so they're they actually very, they are different things, right? And so I don't lead her um, uh, in a, I'm going to tell you what to think, how to think, what to feel, how to feel. And I'm going to tell you everything that we're doing, and your job is to shut up and submit. Yeah, right. That works in in lordship relationship because he knows everything that we don't know. Right. right? He knows perfectly and loves perfectly. We know in part, and we honestly love in part. We don't love perfectly. Yeah. Right. That's and so, such a good point. we we don't have the ability to lead out of lordship. We only have the ability to lead out of headship. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I didn't make that distinction. And I've watched so many guys who don't make that distinction. And so what they do is they start to assume the role of headship, make it jacked up and, 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 and equate that with lordship, and they start to rule over their girlfriend. Mm. Uh, and their girlfriend thinks that she's in sin if she doesn't, if she doesn't follow, mm-hmm. right? And, and even if she doesn't think, you know, with the language of I'm in sin, she feels the same shame that she would if she was in sin. Mm-hmm. And so this is like fundamentally wrong. Mm. Right on every level, you um, if you're in a relationship and you are dating, you are two individual people. You are the head of your life, essentially, right, L- ladies. You're the head of your life. Your headship right now, right, is, mm-hmm. is it's you, right. right, and and that will change absolutely when you get married, but only when you get married. Yeah, right, and so um, what men need to do, young men need to do in particular, is they need to realize that they are not in charge mm. until they're married. <laughs> and it's it's just the reality. And and even when you get married, and we'll, when we're going to do, I think we'll do a whole marriage series, right. and we will talk in depth about what headship practically looks like and submission, because those are two very real biblical concepts mm-hmm. that we want to uphold. But We need to um, do them right. You need to do them right. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but he, you are in charge of nothing until you're married. Now, we could talk about that later, but it's so important for the 20-year-old guy who's dating the girl to go, I am not going to exercise a marriage role over you until we're married. Right? I'm not going to treat you like my wife mm-hmm. until we're married. You don't need to treat me like your husband until we're married. Right? And it, it kind of safeguards your relationship. And what it forces you to do is it actually forces you to just be really close Christian friends. 
Mm. Right? And that is the bedrock for marriage in general. Right? That's the bedrock for Christian marriage. Right? You peel it back and you're ultimately your best friends. And so I can tell you right now, when I look at people who are dating, who's going to be a good husband, who's going to be a good wife, based on how good of a friend they are. Mm. Right? I look at people and I watch them be loyal to their friends. I watch them give grace to their friends. I watch them be good influences on their friends. And you can see, okay, you're a, you're an exemplary Christian friend. That means you're probably going to be a great Christian wife or husband, mm. right? And so if you, if you don't assume those roles, what happens is it allows you to really focus on that foundation, I think, of, of we're, just, we're just friends, Right and right. and we're we're Christian friends and we're intentional friends and we'll call it dating we'll call it boyfriend we'll call it girlfriend but at the end of the day we are brothers and sisters in the Lord and we are friends who have each other's back and so I think I think that's a big mistake that Christians miss right. you are not held to headship and submission until you're married that's huge I love that mm-hmm. nobody told me that right and I did a lot of damage early on because I didn't know mm. so. That's the first one. Assuming uh, that marriage roles are for um, the dating realm, um, the second most common relationship issue, um, honestly, we all know it. It's sexual compromise. Yep, that's a big one. It's huge, right? And that is like, uh, it's so. Dustin and I describe it to people, um, kind of like swimming the English Channel. <laughs> right? Like there are people who are, who, who can swim the English channel, right? They're fit enough. They're strong enough. But those few, those people are like few and far between like your average person, even you're probably above average person, even a, a great athlete in another, you know, sport can't probably swim the English channel, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the whole idea of making it through your dating relationship, um, without sexual compromise is it, it kind of feels like swimming the English Channel. It's like, yeah, few can do it. Mm-hmm. It's possible, but few can do it um, without help. Yeah. Right? You've got to have help. And one of the things that um, I often see, that we all often see, is it kind of plays out like this. Um, people will get into a relationship. They maybe weren't as intentional to begin with to seek the Lord. Um, they weren't intentional to, to ask the questions, am I ready to be married? And they're not in this relationship thinking, I want this to lead to marriage sooner rather than later because I feel like the Lord's in it. And so what happens is they just enter basically a worldly dating pool um, or a, a, the, a, the worldly dating arena, and they're doing it the same way that the world does it. They just yeah. have a little bit more character built in. Mm-hmm. But there's no light at the end of the tunnel, right? There is no, we're getting married in a year. There is no, we're getting married in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It's, we'll get married when we feel like it's time to get married. And so what it does is it creates, it kind of widens the English channel, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And and it's like people, if, if there's no end in sight, you're more often, or you're more likely rather to fall into sexual compromise. Um, and so... What I like to what I like to tell people is it's really helpful. Like if you kind of need to know pretty soon into your relationship if this is worth pursuing and going into marriage. Right. Um, I, I don't have a time frame for that. The Bible obviously doesn't give that, so you'll be careful. I don't try to be dogmatic, but you want to be you want to have some level of um, light at the end of the tunnel, proverbial right. light at the end of the tunnel, um, so that you can at least go. 
okay, I can make it a year. Right. Right. It's the, well, crap, we may never, you know, this may be five years before we get married. Like I can't last five years. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way, you know? And so I think sexual compromise, that's one of those big things that um, unless you have kind of a light at the end of the tunnel and people helping you, you're going to fall into this. Yeah, that's so true. We don't want to fall into this. Nope. That's bad, right? That's bad for a myriad of reasons. Um, it's, it's you know, First uh, Corinthians, I'm going to say six. I think I have it right here. Yeah, yeah, First Corinthians six. Um, talks about the body is, is a temple for the Lord and the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Mm-hmm. One of the things Francis Chan says that I love so much, he goes, when you're in sexual immorality, he goes, because you the Holy Spirit dwells within you, he says, when you are committing... Um, sexual immorality, you're actually putting, forcing the Holy Spirit into a union that he doesn't want anything to do with because it's not wow. under covenant. Wow. And I'm like, that's, that's a really powerful statement, right? So it's dangerous in the fact that you're forcing the Spirit into a union that he doesn't actually want to bless, that he doesn't right. want to be a part of, right? Right. Um, First Corinthians 6 uses the analogy of, you know, I wouldn't bind the temple and the members of the Spirit to a prostitute, mm-hmm. right? Same kind of thing, right? It, it's you know, to my boyfriend or my girlfriend, you know? And so um, it's it's dangerous in that regard. I think it's dangerous because if it doesn't work out, you've just taken something from somebody that they can't get back and you'll mm-hmm. always be a memory. Yeah. Um, and the Lord didn't design you to be a memory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's dangerous, especially in churches. Um, dude, I, I deal with this more often than I want to, where it's like two people mm-hmm. in church got together. They, you know, they didn't do the, they didn't do their due diligence got in sexual compromise, break up, and now they're both in the same church. Yep. Or worse, now it's a divorce and somebody has to leave the church because it's just too awkward. Right. right? It's, a, it's the proverbial divorce. And so we don't want that, um, but it's so bad if you're like both in the same church because you're hanging out in the same young adult ministry, you're hanging out in the same youth group, you're hanging out in the same you know, house church environment, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you, know, you bring your new boyfriend or girlfriend that you feel like is the Lord and you're looking at the girl across from gatekeepers and you're like, oh man, I slept with that girl. Yeah. Like I, I took something from her, you know, like that's, that's a very real level of tension that the, the Lord never designed us to walk in. Right. Right. That's not his best. Um, Definitely not. And so that's a big one. Um, you, you've got to be so diligent. And so that's one of the reasons I say you shouldn't be dating until you think you can be married. Because if you, if you think that that person is the Lord, whether it's the one or whether the Lord's just blessing that person, you should move towards marriage, I think, sooner rather than later, because that's just, you can only sit in a barbershop so long before you get a haircut is the terminology, <laughs> right? Like, you're going to screw up. It's just a matter of time, yeah. unless you have, you know, unless you're just not the average, you know, guy who's swimming across the English Channel, whatever. Right. So, um, assuming marriage roles... Uh, in the dating realm, sexual compromise. The third one I'd say is unholy distraction. This happens all the time with Christians in a relationship. They get together and their primary, um, the central thing that eats up their mental and spiritual bandwidth is each other. Yeah. In other words, what are they always thinking about each other? Mm-hmm. What are they always talking about each other? Right. And I actually think that the so the Levites when they when they uh, got married they actually took like a year off from their Levitical duties to like tend to their marriage. 
that was a very specific group of people, specific time. I get that. But I think the principle is very real. In other words, I think that I think that it's supposed to be a distraction when it's the Lord. Um, but when it's the Lord, it's it's right. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're like, you know, you're enthralled with your wife in the same way that Jesus is enthralled with the, his wife. You know, it's like it's it's good and it's right. Mm-hmm. But if it's not your wife, right, and it's not the person that you're supposed to be with, that level of distraction is idolatry. Right. Right. It, and it's like if it's the if it's the wrong person at the wrong time, the same thing is idolatry or it's good and right. And so I think the the tendency with people is I'm gonna get infatuated, I'm gonna like, you know, everything that I think about, I'm gonna get unholy distraction. Um, and they say, you know, they're not growing in the Lord, they're not growing in community, they're not growing in the word, they're they're only growing with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous. So I would say, uh, Assuming marriage roles in the uh, dating realm, sexual compromise, unholy distraction. The th- fourth thing that I see so often is the unwillingness to quit. Mm. In other words, we're in sexual compromise, uh, we're in spiritual compromise and idolatry, and sometimes it feels like you just can't you can't leave each other because that would that would be even worse. The consequences would be worse. We've already crossed the boundary, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I to anybody who's dating as a Christian and they're trying to give, you know, as much glory and honor to the Lord as they can. I would say if you're in spiritual compromise, i.e. idolatry, or if you're in sexual compromise, physical compromise, then I think I think you need to leave. I think you either need to get married or you probably need to you need to back out. Right. And um so often most of the time people are unwilling to do that. Cuz it's hard especially once you've crossed the lines that you you tend to cross. Like there's nothing more painful on earth than the removal of an idol. Like yeah. we have all experienced that pain. We all also experienced the blessing that that can be um, in, in the way that the Lord blesses you for going to war against the idols in your life. And so um, I think people struggle so often with the unwillingness to, to just call it quits when they should. Um, if you see a bunch of red flags, don't just don't just throw grace all over it. Mm. Bail. If you're in sin, don't just throw grace all over it. Bail. Like that's a good thing to do, right? Or move towards marriage, right? I right. think that's you just maybe move up your timetable, right? But the Lord is not you nobody can say, Well, the Lord's in this, but we're in all kinds of sin. Right. Like that's not that's not how he works. Yeah. So um yeah, so the last uh, or the second one would be or not second one, though, what are we in the second fifth to one? last? The fifth one. Um the common issues um with, with Christian couples forsaking the community. This goes hand in hand with the last one of unholy distraction. distraction. Mm-hmm. Um and, and you and I were talking just mm-hmm. before this. What happens, man? You get into a relationship and you get out of community. Yeah. You become each other's community, and that's a very unhealthy place to be. That that doesn't help you grow. Um, all it does is probably appease your idols and your insecurities <laughs> and your, you know, like it, it, it does nothing good and right for you. Um, and so matter of fact, one of the things that sets you up for success, one of the things that guards you against sexual compromise, one of the things that guards you from making, you know, that shift of marriage roles into the dating relationship mm-hmm. is being in community. It's one of our primary safest places that we can be, um, because it, it, it forces us to interact with other people which forces sanctification. Yeah. And so um, if 
if that's you and you're dating and you're like all of your time is spent with one person and you're not really coming to church anymore and you're not mm-hmm. really doing the community thing, I'd be like, dude, you're on dangerous ground. You need to have time away from each other because you're not married yet, right? You need you need you need to be around godly friends and family apart from your significant other, right? Because um, you're not married. Yeah. So, and then uh, the sixth and final. Um, common relationship issue in Christian couples would be uh, what I'm calling inappropriate vulnerability. Mm. Inappropriate vulnerability. It is tied to that first point of assuming marriage roles in the dating realm. Um, It's I'm going to share with you my heart to the same degree that I would share with you um, if you were my wife or my husband. Mm -hmm. And I think... um, it's tricky because you're tr- you're growing. If you're walking towards marriage, you're going to get closer, and you're going to your intimacy will grow. And you want to be more honest and more vulnerable with each other. But there is a time and a place, and it's so important that we're spirit led, because just because you're dating doesn't mean you need to vomit on the other person. Mm-hmm. Word vomit, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. mean you need to just dump all of your feelings and emotions on the other person. Doesn't mean that they need to carry every burden with you. Yeah. Um, and. That's what I, I I have just seen that like like people will try to emulate married couples because that's their goal mm-hmm. and you go oh well they share everything together and they're really intimate and they don't have any secrets and they but they're married and so they take all the blessings and the benefits of marriage and they just throw it on to the dating relationship too much too soon and I think it can be dangerous and I think it can lead to especially when you're young you don't know how to you don't even know how to respond to those things. Mm-hmm. It can lead to people getting really hurt. It can lead to people getting crushed. Yeah. Um, and then when I say inappropriate vulnerability, that's sharing too much too soon. But it can also be, when I say inappropriate vulnerability, it can be I'm not being vulnerable enough. Yeah. Right? Which can be inappropriate in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So there is this like two sides to that coin of I don't need to share every little thing. We've been dating two weeks. I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But then on the other side, it's I. There's there needs to be a difference in our friendship, and our relationship than me and the guys or me and the girls respectively. Mm-hmm. And so you you do want to start sharing things um, that are really important to you, right? You do need to create a level of um, exclusivity in your relationship by sharing things. And again, yeah. you have to be spirit led because there's no there's no manual for it. Right. You know, so it's not you don't just hold all your cards to your chest until you get married, and then all of a sudden it's bam, <laughs> you know, but you don't start out the gate that way either. Right. And so I, I wish I had, like, very specifics of what to do, but even all of these things, like, none of them are, like, flat-out Bible, mm-hmm. you know? And so wisdom, it's though. so important that we are spirit-led in everything that we do. The Holy Spirit's dwelling in each and every one of us, and if we are not listening to Him and going where He tells us to go and saying what He's saying to say, um, same ministry model Jesus said, right? He goes, I only do what I see the Father do, and I only say what I hear the Father say. Mm-hmm. If we don't, if we don't really embody that in our relationships, we're gonna, we're gonna, it's just not gonna go well for us, right? And so, that would be my my kind of six common relationship issues. Anything else to you want to add? Um, just wanted to emphasize that you don't want to bait and switch people, but you also don't want to. Yeah, put too much on them too early. There's just yeah, that, yeah. You know, saying. like you don't want to keep secrets on the side of not being too vulnerable too fast. 
So there's just like an emotional maturity aspect that you have to have to like ask the Lord, how much should I share? I want to be myself. I want to be authentic, but this person is not my God and I can't give them all my thoughts and feelings and, and junk. So that's super wise. Yeah. It's really well said. I, I, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard to do. Uh, you don't want to bait and switch people in, in that let's be (laughs) honest we totally do that, right? <laughs> as Christians, it's like when, especially as guys, like as soon as the girl's around, like the godly Christian girl that we like, it's like all of a sudden we're turning, <laughs> we're turning all the Jesus stuff up to notch twelve. Yeah. When we're probably walking around at the level six, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's finding that line of I want to be authentic. Um, the parts that I'm showing, I want to be honest and authentic. Right. Um, but. I want to save some of that, um, the deepest part of who I am for my husband or my mm-hmm. wife, and that may not be you. And until I know that's you, we're not going there. Right. You know, it's it's hard. I don't know. Yeah. May God bless all of you. So glad to be <laughs> married. I got married at 22. Best decision of my life. Got all that stuff out of the way. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in the next episode. Oh, Young yeah. marriage. That's right. I forgot about that. All right. <laughs> all right. Good talk. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed that conversation and that you were ministered to. Please remember to follow us and to leave a good rating on your preferred streaming platform. And if you want to learn more about Gatekeepers, visit gatecityatl.com gatekeepers. See you in the next episode.